Welcome to Fortitude Live. I am your host, Ian the Rhino, and this is episode 12 of the Fortitude Live podcast. This episode was a little bit of an impromptu episode. Um, We actually recorded this episode at the grand opening of the American Barbell Club gym up in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, I was sitting around with Dan Bell, Seth Albersworth, and uh, his significant other, Miana Miana Albersworth. Um, We were all just sitting there chatting, and we were like, yo, you want to record? And we were like, yeah, let's record. Um, (laughs) Interestingly enough, that's how most of my best episodes get started. Um, So we sat down with Dan and company and uh, chatted a little bit about his prep for the U.S. Open. We talk about Seth, who is a 900-pound squatter himself, um, his transition from motocross and coming down from Canada and kind of how his uh, motocross mentality has sort of kind of helped him and hurt him in some ways when it comes to powerlifting. We chatted about with Miana about um, their business Activated Performance and how they're putting out free content to uh, help people and kind of, you know, give back to the community, if you will. I think giving back is a very, very important part of any seasoned athlete or lifter or um, person's career who's benefited from the community at some point in time. As always, this episode is brought to you by Fortitude Sports Performance, one-on-one coaching, nutrition coaching, and training. Uh, visit www.fortitudesportsperformance.com to check out all of our services if you want to be coached by myself on um, training, mindset, lifestyle, nutrition, etc. Um, anyways, guys, check out the podcast, like, share, give it a listen, subscribe, um, tag myself and Fortitude Sports Performance if you share it on Instagram. Can't wait for you to enjoy this episode. Take it easy. Boom. We're live at the American Barbell Club Grand Opening. What's up, guys? This is your host. I am Ian the Rhino. This is, fuck, this is like episode 11 or 12 or 13. I don't even remember because I've had all of two beers right now. Um, <laughs> Dan, You're I'm welcome. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Uh, fuck, what mic are you, Dan? 11. No, that's an episode. I've had 30 beers. So there, it's there, we go, there we go. <laughs> so we're here at the American Barbell Club Grand Opening. Uh, our good friend John just opened a gym in Gainesville, uh, Gainesville, Florida. It's a kind of a fitting name for the group we have gathered here right now. Um, I used to live here like God, a decade ago, went, here to, uh, went to college here. And um, so it was cool to see a friend opening up like a legit strength training gym back in my college town so there's actually actually quality strength training equipment that is outside of the uf gym now um so that's pretty cool to see um i don't know the address off the top of my head but um i drove over to tampa to see my mom came up here saturday morning we had a good group of lifters out um uh marcus hit what marcus hit like uh 859 859 squat uh dan you hit a 892 an 892 deadlift and both you guys are going to compete at the current u.s open in april or or we're in april um in like what two three weeks three weeks, now? Three three weeks, weeks? Yep. so you're three weeks out so that was what that was probably your last pull, yeah right? i won't pull again no more pulls um and i haven't deadlifted for shit in the last five months and you know how it goes whenever you're um whenever you're uh at a gym with a bunch of people and the, and the adrenaline's pumping and the hype's there and everyone's, uh, everyone's all amped up. And I ended up pulling like a 705 for one 
And then Dan's like, yo, here's a beer. Let's shotgun a beer. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't just shotgun it. I have to do something and then shotgun it. So, uh, <laughs> so I, hit a, a, I hit it for a second time as like a dumbass because I've been rehabbing for a back injury. Probably the most unhealthy thing I've done in a while. And, uh, and, then, and then chugged a beer. And I don't think I've chugged a beer in like, I don't know, a long ass time. And now I have another one. It's a slippery slope. And I'm here with two of my uh, two of my nutrition athletes, who are also impressive athletes themselves. Uh, with uh, Mian Albersworth, Seth Albersworth. Um, so uh, you guys are all three. Of you guys train out of Daytona Beach at Perfect Storm. Correct? Perfect Storm Hardcore Gym. Yeah. That's cool. Well, th- I've had Dan on the podcast before, and uh, people know a little bit about Dan. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Miana, you want to go? I guess I'll go first, yeah. <laughs> um, my name is Miana Albersworth. I've mm. been powerlifting for about nine or ten years now. Um, How old are you? Oh, God, I'm 29 now. Okay. I always forget. Oh, one more, <laughs> one more year. Almost 30. Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am currently studying health sciences at Queen's University. I'm mm. um, working towards possibly going into uh, nutrition school. Okay. Um, yeah, we moved here about two and a half years ago. Uh-huh. So that Seth could go to chiropractic school. Well, you said about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably say A a few times too. Uh, okay. You know, I say A also. I, pick, <laughs> I picked up A because I've been hanging around a lot of Canadians. Yeah. My, my mom's naturalized from Nova Scotia. Yeah, that's right. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm, yeah. So I'm from Canada. I spent seven years working as a personal trainer in Canada before I decided that I should do something with mm-hmm. my life and go yeah. back to school. Okay. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Don't know what else to say. I forgot to mention that you're legally a midget. Yeah, I am very <laughs> short. Well, t- tell us, you're a badass lifter. Tell us about your numbers. <laughs> Nobody cares about. Everybody just wants to hear how much you lift. So I'm five one, not not actually a midget. Four <laughs> eleven. <laughs> on a good day, uh. um, but I compete in the one thirty two class. Um, my best lifts today are a four four forty six squat. Four forty six. Yeah. I'm um, two fifty three bench mm-hmm. and a four oh two deadlift in competition. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. So you usually compete as a one thirty two lifter, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you usually sit around like one forty, one forty one, pretty yeah. jacked, pretty shredded. Stay on the lookout for her guys. <laughs> <laughs> and um and you're sitting next to like a cheerful Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the guy never has a sm- doesn't have a smile on his well, face. It's just stuck. I don't know how to do anything yeah. else. <laughs> even, even when he's mad, he smiles, and it's kind of scary. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Seth, how much do you squat? Uh, 903 raw. That's the best so that, far. That's absurd. And uh, what, 308, right? At 308, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, we're sitting next to this guy, so <laughs> yeah. 200 pounds behind him. It, it may, any, and, well, anybody, like, we're, God, I remember, what was it? A few weeks back, we were in Tampa. And we were walking down the street. We had just, um, what were we in Tampa, Tampa for? Tampa or the Battle, Battle of the Bay. Bay. That's yeah. right. Vaughn was lifting. And um, and we all went out and like hung out that night, grabbed some dinner the night before. And I rode there with Dan and we're leaving. And we're walking down the street, <laughs> passing some bouncers. And this guy, bouncer, goes, yo, dude, how much you bench press? And I went to turn to respond. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I had a split second of realization there where um, where I realized that he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to the guy. Was, for the one one time in my life, I wasn't was the one the being. the big guy. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't the big guy. And Dan just turns and goes, 600. <laughs> and the, the, all the dudes over there were just like, oh, we just kept walking. And I, I got such a kick out of that because, like, dude, like, we, we – how many times – 
in your daily life. We're going to come back and you still have to introduce yourself, but I'm on this thread. Um, how many times in your daily life do people make odd, awkward comments to you about like, are you a trainer? How much you lift? Like, I, I feel like I've gone into Costco and it's always Costco, man. I don't yeah. know why it's Costco. Every person at Costco calls me boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. It's boss. I get called boss like nine times and I'm like, I want to be like, all right, we'll uh, take the day off. You know, yeah. like go home, take yeah. the day off, you yeah. know, take it easy. Turn but. it, turn it around on him and call him big guy. I yeah. love doing that. Like you get guys <laughs> that come up to me that is like, oh yeah, well, how much you bench or what do you do? And I'm just like, yeah. oh, you know, tell him and give him a little story. Like, yeah, you know, I'm a powerlifter, blah, blah, blah. And then like right when I'm getting ready to walk away or something, like, oh, thanks big guy. Have a good day. And they're like. <laughs> I'm not the big guy. <laughs> it confuses the shit. It out just of blows them. their mind, and, they, and then they get all cheerful, and they have like exactly. a skip in their step. They go to the gym for like two weeks before they quit. Exactly right. <laughs> but um, but but back to Seth. Uh, Seth, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I guess I'll continue on with what you guys are saying. Back when I had hair and a little less beard, uh-huh. I used to get Brock Lesnar all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like, could easily see that. And the worst thing was, I worked in the shitty factory for a little bit. Where oh, there was shit. like a Brock Lesnar poster in the lunchroom for some stupid reason, <laughs> and there was this dude. Every fucking lunch break, he'd like, hey, it's you on the wall. I'm like, no, no, please stop. Nah, <laughs> definitely not me. Uh, but how, t- how tall is Brock Lesnar? I don't know. I'm, I'm like fucking 5'10", oh, if, yeah. any, if that. So he's 6'4". Yeah, yeah, he's 6'4", 6'5". He's only, he's probably walks, or, well, like in competition. I want to, isn't the cutoff for heavyweight 265 in UFC? Yep. He probably walks around heavier than that, though, I feel like. I think he's been up to at least 300 a couple times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like heavy 300s. Um, but yeah, so so you're about, Seth, you're 5'10", and you're fucking thick. You're compact. You're, you know, you're a pretty stocky guy. Um, so you have a really heavy squat. Your deadlift is a little bit less than your squat. And your bench press is, you, like, what are your three, what are your three comp PRs or three all-time PRs? Well, hit 505 a couple times at the gym now, but okay. I always fuck up a pack or shoulder going into a meet, so oh, I haven't shit. done it in a meet yet. But I remember that. I remember we're, that. Yeah. We're figuring it out, and I think I've finally made some good progress on the shoulders yeah. where I have a plan where I can actually get to a meet healthy now. It sounds like if you keep having the same thing, then it's maybe another muscle that's weak that's not yep. doing its job. Yep. That's usually the case. Well, I've had two surgeries on the right shoulder, so okay. it's a work in progress with getting it back to where it needs to be. Maybe but like a pattern of dysfunction or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so weird lining him up for squats because his left arm is two inches shorter. Left arm's longer than Lo- the right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So like he, when you square him up, you see his hands completely off. And it's like, but it's like, well, the left arm's longer, but the left arm's in tighter because the shoulder has more mobility, mobility on that side. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. No oh, yeah. Just a mess, but yeah. we're figuring it out. No way. How is, Has your left arm just always been longer? Or? I shattered my humerus when I was 14. Motor, so, motocross. So, so it's, yep. it's, it is a result of an injury. Yeah. You weren't like a science experiment. No, no. <laughs> Bro, I get wish. The, get this. He got out of motocross because he was getting injured so much, so he came to powerlifting. <laughs> like, I've never heard somebody leaving a sport because they're getting injured too much to come to powerlifting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, you get injured more. In, like, for me, yeah. I see a lot more injuries yeah. in powerlifting, but motocross, I mean, that's detrimental. Like, yeah. If you're getting injured in, in motocross, like, you're done for. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> not like I have this ache and it builds up to an injury over six months of exactly. overuse. That's like, you're healthy, and now you're in the fucking hospital. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> different kind of injury <laughs> like how fast do those bikes go i mean they don't have a speedometer but well <laughs> i'm sorry seth knowing what motocross guys look like looking at you now i just can't I, it's hard for me to picture well, man i graduated high school at like 175 okay so i wasn't always this big but it was like 
when I was racing, it was like such a hard process to stay small because my body wanted to be bigger. Yeah. Like my dad had me on like 1200 calories a day Jeez. all through high school just so I stayed light enough to be competitive. So you were like, it was your goal though. To, like you weren't just doing it for leisure. Like you wanted to fucking race. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to turn pro. I wanted to race Canadian nationals and do fairly well, but uh, ran out of talent. And uh-huh. <laughs> His parents actually come down for uh, the motorcross national. Yeah. The, they down to supercross every year. Yeah, no shit. Like, How do you get into that? You just like, did you like, did, from a young age, were you just like riding a tricycle really fast around the house? Well, like, like, yo, we got to get him. My in. dad rode and raced as a kid, so he wanted to get me into it. Uh, and growing up in the country, we just always had bikes around. And damn. Okay. Okay. What, like, what were the, dude, I, I'm not going to lie. I like was browsing, looking at dirt bikes the other day. Cause I was thinking like, how cool would it be? But then it's like, all right, that's also like kind of like having a death wish. Like, yeah, oh. big time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what, like, what were the size CC bikes you were? So last year that I raced, I raced KTM 250 SX two-stroke. Okay. And I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Two-strokes are no joke. Yeah. Bah, well, bah, bah. Like, see ya. Cra- crazy acceleration, not super efficient, right? If you're like barely cracking the throttle and that front wheel is coming up, like no question about yeah, it. Yeah, like, they just want to fucking go. Every time. Like, That's bah, crazy. See ya. Sounds like <laughs> you have a little experience. Oh, uh, I, I rode old bikes, but it was just on the farm, like yeah. back and forth, stuff yeah. like that. It was like. It's Midwestern exactly. shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And motocross is kind of thick through Illinois, too. I had a lot yeah. of friends that did, did it, too. And I've been to a few of the r- races. And the indoor stuff's kind of cool just to see how build the construction, yeah, of, yeah, the, yeah, the construction of the ramps and stuff like that yeah. but it, it's always entertained my process because it's so wild mm-hmm. you know yeah. and like it's funny to see Seth's mentality that's carried over from motocross really? to powerlifting no well it totally fucked me yeah, I a, think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like his go 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 and like will to, to push through really? some pain and stuff well like, it's like there's a there's a strong core I've, I've never raced before so i don't i'm sh- i can imagine but I've, i don't i don't know the translation but like what would you say the attributes between that translating to powerlifting are like if you could define them he doesn't throttle back no well sure. it's like with Just motocross go. you were going to get hurt pretty much no matter what it's yeah. not a matter of it's a matter of when. Yep. Yeah. And if Same you're going with riding to, a motorcycle around town. And if you want to be good and you want to be competitive, like you're going to have seasons where you break a wrist and yeah. you race through a broken, broken wrist, yeah. you break a rib and you race with broken ribs. Because you're pushing the limits. Or like you, you fall in a corner, shoulder pops out, you put it back in, you finish the moto. Fuck. Yeah, it's like, dude. So it's like I came from that into powerlifting, and it's like with motocross, because it's never a maximal exertion, it's more endurance-based. Uh-huh. You know, you can ride with your arm in a cast and it just hurts like a motherfucker, but... Mm-hmm you're okay because the vibration and stuff well even just the impact of just landing from a jump or hitting a corner fast or hitting a bump it's Uh gonna hurt but like it's not going to kill you or like damage worse Mm -hmm. as long as you don't go down yeah like with powerlifting like say i pull a pack i can't really bench the way i need to bench with a pulled pack yeah of course it's there's much more precision like you can't mm -hmm. you can't like motocross because the bike's doing the work you can push it hard it just is a little uncomfortable Whereas powerlifting, it's like if you have pain, your body's going to govern your yeah, performance. Yeah, it's going to shut off what you can so do. So much, yeah. And it's like, well, there's if you're not, you know, if you're not 100% and you're at 80, it's like, well, there's no point in even doing the thing because mm-hmm. you can't even train to the intensity that you need to make progress. It's a beautiful disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of people that try to do that. <laughs> but it's also good, too, because having that and, like, it's allowed me to make a lot of mistakes in powerlifting at a young age, which is going to hopefully let me carry over and do bigger things when i'm in my 30s yeah it's funny you say that yeah i i 
I had I had probably a very similar mentality transitioning to powerlifting from CrossFit because CrossFit the loads are so low and you know the activities you're doing you can tolerate a very high volume of them and so you almost benefit from the more is better mentality and you know they're they're kind of I don't know if I would say false but it's a little bit misdirected attitude of more is better full intensity every day think like it benefits you to an extent in that kind of a sport and I'm sure in motocross as well it's very hardcore um but if you don't regulate that and taper it back when I came over to powerlifting and I took that mentality like I had the work capacity so I was able to handle the load but past an 1800 total it was like no the intensities were too high Mm -hmm. you're in pain ASAP like constantly constantly yeah you can't like you know and 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 it took me a while to learn you know that those max like the proper periodization you know putting maximal intensity lifts very few and far between you know to where if you would have like maybe back then two three years ago if you would have told me like dan's program i would have been like wait you can get stronger pulling a heavy lift every two or three weeks like i would be scratching my head because i'm there trying to do it every other day yeah you know which which that's that's crazy to me you know you talked about that a lot the last time we recorded now we're sitting here three weeks out from the u.s open and you literally just absurdly broke the all-time world record i think uh I'm, I think I saw a little fire burning in your eyes after because you had said it and then you had it chipped. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and you just kind of pulled out all the stops and you went and reset it by like 50 or 60 pounds. Yeah, 50, 50 pounds exactly. You know, now, 48 pounds. Yeah. yeah still. And, and, and I was there, so it was extremely fun to watch. I think at the end, that last deadlift – Every had everyone on edge because yeah. you pulled you pulled what nine something nine oh three nine oh three once but you, you took a step back because you pulled it too fast like an idiot <laughs> and, and then and then you pulled and then you pulled it again made it look picture perfect and I think everybody was fucking riding that lift with you because oh, every yeah. everyone wanted to see it happen like going through that process like having a world record having it taken from you know taken like something that you feel like you deserve that belongs to you. And then going back and taking it back, just like no question, like how does that feel? Oh, it was very gratifying. Like I legit walked, like right after got checked by the ref mm. and hugged everybody that was around me. Mm. Like I legit walked right behind the curtain and just lost it. No I bawled, bawled my eyes out for a solid minute or so, somewhere around there. Like it was yeah. all moving off quite fast, but it was just like that emo. I knew twenty six was gonna come. Yeah, I just. But I didn't expect it to happen in February. I figured yeah. the hybrid meet would be a good little tune-up. Mm. Maybe go to the Kern and mm. t- take it there. Or mm. July when the Pioneer comes around. I just didn't expect it to happen so fast. Because yeah. he took it from me in December. And it literally lit a fire in the mass. Everybody yeah. everybody saw it. Like yeah. I was just dead set on it. I did, I did want it for myself. But I also wanted it for powerlifting. Like, there's a, like it's pretty predominant in the United States. And mm. like it meant something for me to be able to represent our country like that you know it was, it was pretty cool um because powerlifting's not in the olympics right but if it was in the fucking olympics you would go win a gold medal <laughs> yeah. so Something like like that <laughs> that like that that like th- just thinking about it that way has got to be pretty freaking cool and like like i don't even like now that you refer to it that way i've never really thought about it in terms of like representing the country and like wanting that total to be in the u.s but like 
thinking about it, like, that's pretty fucking badass. Yeah, because, like, Dan Reinhold, he had it from, like, the early 70s until Andre took it. Mm-hmm. And then Andre had it for the long, 2013 mm-hmm. on. And, like, so when I first got it in November, it was actually an ABC meet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, November, or it was November 2019. Yep. Like, it was a big deal, and everybody's like, yeah, USA, cool. And they kind of put it into perspective for me. But then Peter, great guy. And everybody gave me so many questions about, like, how do you feel about Peter taking it? I was like, mm. guy's been in the sport 20 years. If yeah. anybody deserves it, it's him. Like, he's, uh, Do you know him decently well? We've or? talked quite a bit back yeah. and forth here and there. And he's a good, he's, he is a good dude. I'd love yeah. to hate him, but he's a great guy, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, he's been in the sport for 20 years, did single ply, multiply. He's like done quite a bit, but he's very selective on the meets that he does. So sure. who knows? He could reach out and touch it. I, I love being at 2606 just because it's a feat in itself. Dude, like that's a cool number. Does anyone else have over 26? No, never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, that's so cool, it's, it's awesome. But, um, yeah, it was gratifying. Um, I'm excited about the U.S. Open. Yeah, I think twenty-five fifty mm-hmm. plus is going to be there, but the turnaround there yeah. was nine weeks in between. I don't think there's any pressure on you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for sure. I think you know I'd love to go and show out, and I think like yeah. if I did have a perfect day, twenty-six forty-five would be there. Twelve hundred yeah. kilos mm-hmm. that'd be yeah. a cool number to set, yeah. but I'm not going from going from twenty-six oh six. Within this short of a turnaround period, I think just just even if you hit twenty five fifty like or twenty you know even if you hit like a little bit less than twenty six oh six a little bit more whatever I think probably in my eyes like with you know the understanding of strength I have now versus in the past like knowing the capabilities of the human body and like what you can do with it the like that you sh- like you shouldn't really be able like. I don't. I don't think someone should be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter if it's le- a little less or a little bit more. Like that, being able to do that turnaround time with the numbers you're hitting at your size and your weight. Like I don't know of any other high level lifter. Quite that can the do chore. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. It's, yeah. it's crazy to me, you know, to see. It's which just. Is, it's gonna make hanging her up after it a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I, like I wouldn't tell you to do a third. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been pretty gratifying, but it's been really nice having the people in the like-minded group that we train with mm-hmm. at perfect storm because they're all pushing forward. They're all on my side. That's, yeah. That's been a, it's been a really beautiful thing. And I feel like the community from the United States has been kind of on my side too. So hundred oh, percent. I'm dude. looking, looking forward to the current. It's going to be a good one. I'm, you know, I love going against John, and then you know mm-hmm. having all the people that from around our area that's mm-hmm. doing John it. Hack. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. A lot of people from our area that's doing it. Marcus is doing it. You yep. know, Seth's going out there with yep. me. Used to, to I'll hand. be out there. We'll all be yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So you're uh, gonna have people screaming. I love the, the camaraderie <laughs> that comes with powerlifting. It's yeah. just just a beautiful thing, and um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it to be over now. I'm yeah. at that stage. You know, three weeks out, it's just like my mental game's there, and I'm, I know the strength's coming back to me, and yeah. I just want it to be over with. <laughs> do you ever do you ever find yourself, like, at work, like, absent-minded because that's all you're thinking about? Like, oh. All the time. Daily. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> people, like, you're spacing out, just, like, envisioning, like, visualizing the lifts. Exactly. So people are like, yo, Dan, you here? Like, knock, knock. <laughs> yeah. This truck needs to be serviced. Get over here, d- d- dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually have, uh, I had a 1102, 600, and um, 
903 wrote on my cooler. Mm-hmm. That's a cooler that's, that's I, I see it every single day directly next to me. So, like, the envisionment of those, I've had a road on there for two years now almost. Uh-huh. And just, like, the envisionment of seeing that, like, every single day really helped, I think, it come to fruition. Yeah. And, like, think about the lifts. Like, I do constantly. And it stinks because it, it almost engulfs me, but that's that's powerlifting. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Sure. Yeah. So back to you, back to you, um, you guys, Seth and Miani, you guys run a business, correct? Yes. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> let's talk about, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's change the vibe a little bit. You guys, it's called activated performance, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you guys like? What, what's, you guys are both in Cairo school, right? I am. She is not. No, I'm, I'm basically studying health sciences. So like oh, okay. a, like a biomedical degree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of. Kind of in the same field, so yeah. you go. You guys both have a good background of knowledge that you can kind of like. There's probably quite a few times where you guys are communicating, having di- having a dialogue. You're both elite level lifters, mm-hmm. and um, and you guys. Now, whose idea was it to do this? It's kind of both of ours in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of came from because we were both doing a lot of online coaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of realizing with school that mm-hmm. we didn't have enough time to put enough effort into clients to run a large enough clients to actually a number of clients to actually make money at it. Uh-huh. So we thought, okay, we can try selling some products and yeah. still put out content and information, still help mm-hmm. people, but mm-hmm. we're not dependent on clients and using our time directly to make money. Sure. So, so a little bit more of like a passion project almost, or like just something you enjoy doing or, well, it's more like we're poor students and <laughs> need to survive. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think that when we graduate, we want to have already have built something that we can present and like, of course, um, Eventually, we would like to have a chiropractic clinic or a uh-huh. clinic where we can um, yeah. have like different sorts of chiropractic and nutrition and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. we want to have be activated performance. We mm-hmm. want to already have that name out there yeah, that yeah. people can can trust and know what they're know what they're getting. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I feel like was it something you guys had planned for a while, or you just said "fuck it, let's do it"? Well, like we always knew that we'd need to have something eventually if we're going this route. So. Uh-huh. When we kind of had the idea, we're like, whatever, jump on it, mm-hmm. sooner yeah. the better. And a lot of the mentors that we've had um, growing up in the powerlifting community have given out content for free in some sense. Yeah, yeah, um, And we have a lot of ideas and content that we want to put out there to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started the Instagram page where we can just put out free advice and mm-hmm. um, we want to be able to continue to build on that. Yeah. And then we have um, free programs, free templates mm-hmm. and that sort of thing that we can offer people. That mm-hmm. They can't afford to have a coach. They can't afford yeah. to... No sure. um, you know, I don't want to say they can't afford to buy books, but if they can't afford the time, they can at least go on the Instagram page and like get free information. They can go online and get a free program. It won't be individualized, but at least um, it'll help them teach themselves something. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's funny you say that because I feel like anyone who ever gets to a certain point in terms of like, um, you know, probably in a lot of different realms, but our, our realm is, you know, this, the health fitness and, you know, high level human performance and that sort of thing. I feel like anyone in the industry starts in a phase of giving out free information. Um, you know, my business kind of came about, you know, FSP kind of came about just through a turn of events. And I was just like, it wasn't planned. And I just did it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had a little bit of support, but it was mostly me. And, um, but like, even before that, for probably a couple of years, um, I was just giving out, like I was, I was do I was working for another company, but I was also just, people were asking me questions and I was just like, 
utilize, I don't have any, t- like I'm an RN by career. I have some formal education in a way, a little bit more <coughs> related to like sick people, you know, lab work, health, that sort of thing. Um, psychology, but, uh, pretty much all of my expertise when it comes to diet, health, fitness, nutrition is self-taught and experiential. And it just so happens that I've done it long enough, you know, since I was like 12 mm-hmm. and I've self-educated through accurate, reliable sources, a lot of evidence-based sources, you know, and a lot of anecdotal sources, which they're a huge believer in that, um, that I've accumulated this kind of wealth of knowledge to help people. And I just, enjoy it much like Mm -hmm. sounds like you guys enjoy it and people would just like reach out to me and it's literally no sweat off my back to send someone a minute long voice memo to kind of give them insight into something that otherwise they're probably going to do trial and error for the next one or two months and and not get you know and and it's going to take them however long to kind of fix that issue or deal with that issue wrap that mind around wrap their mind around it whereas like someone who has 10 20 years of experience can just like be like yo dude just like do this Mm -hmm. and and like i think for me my one of my most difficult things was like coming up into the game doing all this stuff i never had that sort of like that sort of guidance guidance yeah Yeah, dude it's insane to me like i i it almost, it bothers me at times because I almost wonder how far I could be, right? Like, I've gotten pretty far. I've done some, you know, cool shit. I'm the only human that exists to have a 2K total and compete at the CrossFit Games. But, like, I wonder if I, like, how much further I would have gotten if I had, like, a mentor or guidance. I've literally, I've literally figured out everything for myself along the way. Like, obviously with insights from other people, but mostly on my own. But, and it, but at the same time, I almost wonder, like, learning all that shit on my own. Like if I had someone tell me, like, would I understand it to the, to the degree that I do, you know, like, like there's, it's kind of like a bit of a dichotomy, but, um, these, and I think, these guys understand, like for me, yeah. I learn a lot better that way. Yeah. And, but it, it's also gratifying, like what you're saying too, because I've said it multiple times where I, if, if I can help somebody else progress in the sport, mm. I, it, I, that pays, that's way more gratifying yeah. to me than, well, you win any any total any yeah. total I could put up. Like yeah. if I could help, like for instance, the next you know four to five years, it's a beautiful thing because Seth is twenty seven. I started powerlifting when I was twenty seven. Yeah. So if I could fucking guide and help him mm. the next five to ten years yeah. into being the best ever or hitting the total that he wants and you know moving forward with with his powerlifting career. That's more gratifying to me than the twenty six oh six. Yeah. And like a, a lot of people don't get that don't understand but yeah. just like i learn a lot better and a lot easier mm-hmm. making the mistakes first off mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. having somebody tell me what to do yeah seth and i've had a, plenty of discussions about cues and language through people understanding c- different cues mm-hmm. so i mean i'm sure his his intellect on it's a way higher than mine <laughs> no way that's <laughs> so blue collar and stupid when it comes to it but like <laughs> he understands it and he understands me uh. and my personality wise towards towards powerlifting so it's 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 pretty awesome it's also extremely gratifying but it, i was in the same same boat because uh-huh. coming up lifting by myself in a gym in kiwani illinois i had no yeah. real guidance on what mm. to do i'd max out every single day the best mm. thing that ever happened my total in the early 200 2000s was t- a two-week deload because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing <laughs> like it was so wild and i think like on the opposite with us we were so lucky to always have really good mentors coming up yeah 
and everything that they taught us, like they never asked for money, they never asked for anything, they just wanted to help. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. And almost everything valuable that I know in lifting was given to me. Yeah. So I feel like it's almost my responsibility to mm-hmm. like pass that on in a Pay way and forward. help other people out. Like even like everything Dan's helped me with the last few years. Yeah. He hasn't asked for shit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so why should I ask someone else for shit for helping <laughs> them? Now, a little bit from a little transition to a little bit more of a, a practical sense, um, you know, talking about some of these things, you know, probably a lot of our listeners listening right now are kind of in some of those phases where they're learning some of those things. Maybe we could go around and give like kind of like a round table, give a couple of like very vital practical training insights that people can kind of take away and um, maybe a, a hard lesson you've learned or something related to an injury, something very, very practical that someone, you know, that someone might be like, oh shit, that literally applies to like what issue I'm having right now. Um, so maybe like, you know, you mentioned you've had some mentors that have taught you some different things that have really helped your own lifting. I don't know if you, you know, know some things off the top of your head you want to go into. Well, one that I'm kind of, I don't want to say fighting with right now, but something that I've been working on for the last little bit is uh-huh. that I came up training conjugate. So you have your max effort days, your dynamic effort days. Uh-huh. And on the max effort days, I always wanted to project that I'd be capable of the numbers I wanted to hit at the meet. Okay. Like even if I was 14 weeks out, yep. I wanted to have a combination of chains or bands on the bar that would show me that I was capable of hitting, you know, whatever pound squat. Yep. And I've kind of come to realize with, through Dan is like, I don't need to be capable of my PR 14 at 14 weeks, weeks out. out. I need to be capable of it at 10 weeks out. I need to be capable of it at eight weeks out. Mm-hmm. I need to be capable of it on the day. Mm-hmm. And all that matters is setting myself up to get there on the day versus trying mm-hmm. to show off mm-hmm. in the gym. I.e. linear. Yep. <laughs> well, even like if I go back to conscious in the future, I'll be able to kind of apply what you, I've learned from you in the linear yeah, yeah. system it, 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 to that and be way better off. Like we've talked before, conjugates what you know. So yeah. Why would you not? Why would you? Not, I go back to linear, like whenever things get weird, because that's what I know. That's what I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So it's second nature. So I, I totally. We've talked about that plenty of times. Just like this is where you're comfortable. It's your comfort zone. Don't, don't get me wrong. It still makes you progress, but this is what works. So. It, it's it is definitely a great aspect and great learning experience going from that and then coming seeing me train too mm-hmm. so definitely big yeah what about you Miana? um i think in general you're almost always better off going lighter than heavier yeah uh, and if you don't have well if you don't already have a mentor i would suggest definitely getting a mentor mm-hmm. and having somebody to tell you when to push and when to hold back yeah like knowing when it's n- knowing when that you need the the leash pulled or knowing when you need slack on the leash is th- really important i think that's extremely vital i think i think i've never i've always self trained i've always mm-hmm. trained myself and i've never been one to i've never wanted to hire a coach simply because I know too many people that have hired coaches and this might be, you know, there's pros and cons to it, but I, I know a lot of people that have hired coaches and it's just led to personal drama because mm-hmm. eventually at some point you gotta, you know, you're going to go on your own or maybe you switch coaches and it's like, you know, it, it, it's like a breakup, yeah. you know, it's like breaking up with a girlfriend or something. And then it usually leads to like trouble. And it's like, you know, I've had a coach for a little bit at a time and then like the process of saying like you don't want to be coached by that person anymore mm-hmm. is always really difficult and like I you know I coach a lot of athletes and any you know I, I do the best job I can but I don't I don't like nobody's required to like you know I don't I don't put that on people you know mm-hmm. and I've had people say like more often than not I already know like why they're leaving before they leave and I'm just like you know 
I had a guy recently that, that, you know, kind of fell off and he's like, Hey man, like, you know, I've had, you know, he says the whole, all the, the spiel, you know, like, Oh, you know, I, I vacation the last month and like, mm-hmm. he's just a gen pop, you know, a normal guy just looking to be fitter, a little more muscular aesthetic. And, and like, I already knew what was happening when it was happening. And now he's, you know, now he's finally saying it. And I'm just like, dude, it's cool, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's cool. You know, do your thing, live your life. Like whenever you want to come back, like whenever you want to come back and train, like come back and train, you know? But like, I think, you know, what you're saying is, is very vital, you know, for mm-hmm. a lot of lifters because, um, I think a lot of people do push too hard Yeah. and, and they think that they have to push too hard. And like the amount of stimulus you get from a lift like you still get stimulus from 70, 75%, mm-hmm. you know, like you do from 85%. Yeah. And if you're doing 85, you know, 90% and it puts you in pain for two weeks, mm-hmm. then you can't do 75% again the next week. And I, in, in one session at 85, 90%, whatever percentage that puts you in pain is not going to bent is not no. going to be one session alone. Doesn't do shit for you. It's the accumulation of the sessions over time to kind of build up fatigue in an intelligent, reasonable manner to where you can then deload and super compensate. Um, and then you kind of end up better than you were before. And you start out a little lighter and you build up mm-hmm. again. And it looks like a little, you know, slowly zigzagging line up on, on a graph. If you put it on a graph and, um, and a lot of people don't know how to modulate that. Mm-hmm. And so having someone kind of alongside you, like, that's not biased, that's not in your headspace, that can tell you like, yo, dude, don't do 550, do 500. Yeah. And then it moves good and you walk and there's nothing like one of the things I, you know, I'll go ahead and I'm going to skip Dan real quick because I'm already on this thread and oh, I'm just going to transition. You're saying the same thing I would say too. <laughs> a little bit smarter. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of the things that someone told me is that it's always better to leave a powerlifting session or a strength training session with a little bit left in the tank versus leaving, not being able to like bend over and pick mm-hmm. up your gym bag. On a good note. Yeah. And, and not only like, not only from a physical standpoint, you're, you're not hurt. You're not in pain. You feel good. But from a psychological standpoint, Mental. if you, if you took that lift a little, you know, a little bit lighter and you smoked it and, confidence. It, and it moved perfectly well, you have confidence. You're not second guessing yourself, but what people don't realize is that, negative psychology after like being in your head about something and overthinking something is a stressor. So not only do you potentially, you know, if you, if you hit a big lift, it didn't move well. Now you're in pain. Now you have a psychological stressor present. People don't realize that that psychological stressor is activating your stress response over the next however many days until you feel good again. And so now, you know, now your, your blood sugar's high. Now your blood pressure is high. Now you're not sleeping well. And it's a whole systemic response that happens mm-hmm. just from you going a little too heavy. You know, <laughs> a lot of people don't think about it in that broad or, or holistic of a, of a sense. And that's been an area that I've been kind of like delving into a little bit deeper is sort of the psychology behind the stress response and how negatively, uh, high stress impacts performance and recovery mm-hmm. and healing and really everything the, you know, disease is, is, you know, a lot of disease these days is primarily stress related, but that's a whole other podcast. So I won't go too right. deep into that. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> my head already hurts. Listening to you. Like, oh, your big words. But, like, I'm sorry. Just let me piggyback off this. Because, go, for it, uh, go for it. Three weeks out from the hybrid, I was sitting there at, with the wife. We just got done with dinner. Everything was cool. And she's like, what are you thinking about? Of course, my wife, she loves knowing what's going on in my head. <clears throat> and 
I was like, I, she's like, are you stressed? Like, what's going on? I was like, Kristen, I'm not even stressed about the stuff that I should be stressed about. Yeah. Like, I had such a beautiful peak, and everything was falling into place. Mind you, like, we had, I had so many things that I should have been stressed about, but, like, making myself not stress about the me, the Airbnb, the hotel, the drive to Key West after yeah. was such a relief to me. And it made all everything fall into place so perfectly mm-hmm. because I've known that over the years of powerlifting and like <clears throat> right after two weeks out is when I hit my last heavy squat. And it's like the hard part's over. Uh-huh. Like it, unless I was cutting weight. And even after that, like after I weigh in, I'm like the hard part's over. Let's have fun. Yeah. And that's, I think me kind of keeping powerlifting as in my mindset a hobby yeah has helped me a lot more in the long run to keep the stress off yeah me well less pressure less stress so you're recovering much better than if it was like weighing on you the whole fucking exactly, time exactly exactly and i've told plenty of people this it's just like keep it fun it has to be fun yeah it actually, has to be fun ed Cohn was the one that he he always he texts me on meet day and he's like have fun lift heavy you're going to do great. And like, it's just hearing that from anybody, him of all people, it's just like so reassuring and knowing that like looking at it now, of course it was five weeks ago now. And like looking at back then, like eight weeks ago, it's just like that unstressful situation led into a great performance. Like you need to keep that routine because people make powerlifting so stressful. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's just they like, do. why are you making something stressful they more do. stressful? <laughs> like you would have a better performance. So it's, it's a beautiful yeah. thing that you can project that. And I yeah. love the way you put it. Thank you. I, I think, I think one of the reasons that people kind of fall into that trap is because you, I think just the nature of it, you have 12, 16 weeks that you put in all this intensity and the effort and it comes down to this, these finite points that one day, those nine lifts, like, you know, whereas like maybe if it was, if there was less concentrated, it's like, it's all make or break right on that moment. Exactly. And a lot of people have trouble kind of mentally handling, handling that, um, that sort of pressure being a game day person. Yeah. yeah. It's you literally show up, you have this, you know, this roughly, you know, one chance, two chances, three chances to like make happen what you need to happen. And, um, you know, I think when, you know, in some of the competitions that I've done, like, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I think powerlifting is really about just fucking being, you know, being able to hit it in that moment, making it happen exactly how you want it. And, and I know my process whenever I train and cut weight and, you know, refeed, and then I'm going into the meat, like I'm thinking, you know, I think a lot of people from a psychological standpoint, uh, visualize what they don't want to happen yeah. and in visualizing what they don't want to happen, they're actually programming that thing that they don't want to happen to happen because they're thinking about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're literally activating all those pathways neurologically. Whereas like I learned a long time ago to visualize exactly what you want to happen to the finest details from putting your wrist wraps on to wrapping your knees to your belt to exactly what equipment you want to have on a lift. Like I remember in some of the CrossFit events that I would do that you, you know, visualizing exactly 
the number of reps you wanted to hit before you took a break, knowing in each event, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to be wearing. These are the shoes I'm going to have. You know, this is what I'm going to do for my warm up. These are wraps I'm going to have. I'm going to have my thumbs taped. I'm going to have my hands chalked. Like, that's, you know, and, and doing all that. And most oftentimes it would happen exactly how I wanted it to happen. Execution. Yeah. And like with myself, I find that when I'm not putting brush on myself into the meat, mm-hmm. when I don't have any expectations or anything that I really think that I have to do, mm-hmm. that's when it goes the best. Mm-hmm. And like this last meat prep, I, I pulled my groin last weekend. I actually pulled it the first time about six weeks ago, uh-huh. then redid it last weekend. And the whole reason I got in that situation is because I thought that I had to do these certain numbers. I thought that I yeah. had to do all this. I was putting pressure on myself to mm-hmm. make something happen that it might have been there, it might not have been there, but... Mm-hmm. Had it just went in with the attitude of I'm going to do what's there, going to do what's necessary, and that's it. Uh-huh. Probably would have would still be healthy at this point. Probably would have had a good total, but yeah, live and you learn. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was literally going to say you live and you learn. <laughs> You're 27, man. A lot cannot like shit, dude. When I was well, 27, I was still too, I was that was 20 pounds ago. <laughs> yeah, I was still skinny. Yeah, 20. That was 95 pounds ago for me. I was <laughs> snorting cocaine and trying to fuck everything that walks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still do the second part. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I keep making well, like oh, I keep making damn. similar mistakes in different ways over and over again, which is uh, frustrating. Mm. But at the same time, I'm learning every time, getting a little bit better every meat prep, and you're getting wiser. Hopefully, you're learning. You're getting that wisdom where you can start to recognize what you're doing when you start to do it, and you anticipate the course of events that comes after so you can have the wisdom to stop and like check yourself mm-hmm. maturity mm-hmm. yeah I, I yeah you, one day i'll get some yeah, tre- <laughs> trevor trevor said that joffy said that to me he's like you're not you're not it wasn't you were dumb you just got mature and i was like oh that's a great word i'm stealing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah the ability the ability to like stop and think and recognize and like stop yourself from you know like catching yourself in the moment and being self-aware and self-honest with yourself is I've said it once and I'll say it a thousand times. That's one of the most valuable things you can valuable traits. Any person can have in life and in being an athlete, like the ability to be brutally honest with yourself. If you're being a jackass or not is huge. It's so huge because so many people, they can't do that. You know, they can't. And, um, I honestly, I think that that's a, that's a pretty good note to end on. We've been here for about eh, 40, 45 minutes and pretty solid episodes. So I don't know if you guys want to tell us all your Instagram handles. Um, where can we find you at Seth and Miana? At Seth.Albersworth and... At Miana.Albersworth. Dan, where can we find you? They already know me, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, um, and yeah, and obviously you can find me at Ian the Rhino. Um, but that's it. Thank you guys so much. Today was a thanks pre- for having us. Yeah, today mm-hmm. was a badass day. Uh, got some lifting in. Can we um, slam one more beer? Yeah, we can slam one more beer. Good. Yeah, for it better sure. be less embarrassing this time. Like, that was pretty <laughs> sad. Yeah, hope, hopefully it won't. Hopefully it won't land in my eye. Anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, until next time, take it easy.